I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design with an episode celebrating the La Cienega Design Quarter. Actually, it's more than one episode celebrating the LCDQ. It's a series of episodes celebrating the LCDQ. For over 50 years, the La Cienega Design Quarter has been a design destination serving LA's vibrant and extremely talented design community. This design district is special and has seen Los Angeles change from trendy studio town to a global creative powerhouse. For the past 11 years, Legends of La Cienega has been a celebration of design, showcase for amazing design talent, and a social gathering for anyone who loves design. In 2019, Convo by Design was a media sponsor of Legends. I cannot tell you how amazing this was for me, how proud I am of that, and how saddened I was when I learned that because of the coronavirus pandemic, the event was canceled this year. And I think that what saddens me most is that I personally will miss seeing all my friends. And I imagine that many of you listening feel the same way. So I wanted to take a look back and share some of the amazing designers from last year's event. My hope is that this gives you a little bit of joy. I will republish this in a series of episodes so you can hear all about the 2019 designs and showrooms whose windows served as the canvas for these amazing designers. I would also like to again remind you how special the La Cienega Design Quarter is and suggest that when this is all over, please go visit the LCDQ showrooms again. They're going to need it. And so will we. Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zanger, a fantastic company and an equally fantastic design partner. While the Walker Zanger brand was built on the promise to inspire designers and architects to do their best work, there's far more to it than that. Yes, that promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But at the heart is a family-owned and operated business that provides stunning surfaces for a well-designed home and does it to make designers and architects do their best work for their clients. Walker Zanger started in 1952, and they are absolutely one of the best trade partners a designer can have. Check out their newest collaborative line with designer Pieta Donovan, a collection of cement and ceramic tiles inspired by the patterns and colorways of the 1970s and created with a comfortable modernity. Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can create. And they provide homeowners with the materials that dream kitchens and baths are made of. Check out any of their 14 showrooms across the country or shop online, walkerzanger.com. First up is Texas designer, Laura Umansky. I am Laura Umansky. The name of my firm is Laura U Interior Design, and I'm based in Houston, Texas. Today we are in Janet Yanati's showroom, this beautiful showroom where I have been invited to design a window for LCDQ Legends. What, is, what does LCDQ Legends mean to you, and what does it mean to the design community? For me, I'm really excited because this is my first Legends. And I've shopped La Cienega for projects over the years, but I've never been able to experience this event. So I'm super excited. This is my first one and I'm doing a window. So that's like double excited. Um, But for the design community, I think it's just such an amazing opportunity to be able to be with your peers, be with the industry, um, get to see these showrooms and really just have conversations around design in an atmosphere that you wouldn't normally be exposed to. 
who is the icon you selected? So my icon is Clef Allerton, and he is a Turkish-born designer that ended up designing in LA. So he is a local icon. So I'm really honored to be able to present his his work in my my window. What do you think is what is what do you think makes his work so special, so iconic? I think what makes Allerton's work so iconic is that he was ahead of his time. Um, and his work is very recognizable. And he worked for a small period of time because he passed away in 1989. So he was creating these extremely contrasty and collected spaces. He was very traveled. He spoke five languages. Um, so he was a um, had an international aesthetic that was very tailored to and clean and contrasty and collected all before you saw that happening. So now you see that quite a bit, but I think that he spearheaded that whole look. I think he was very much ahead of the trend. How did you channel him in your window? So in my window, we grounded the space in a clean white drapery, which is very prevalent in his interior. So when I was researching uh, Allerton's work, I noticed that there was a lot of very clean, tailored white drapery and very crisp upholstery. So what we've done is grounded it in that, that clean white, and then brought in some very heavily carved antiques um, and then some collected pieces from around the corridor because I think that's what he would have done. He His, his rationale was, He's not going to know if it's going to work until he puts it together. And so he would collect a lot of pieces, bring them together, and then they work. And I think that's what our window is doing. And what products did you specify? True to a lot in style, we collected products from all over the quarter and actually shipped some pieces in too. Um, we started with the Tufinkian rug that grounds the entire space. Uh, we brought in Revolution performance fabrics because real life, I use that a lot. I have two small kids, so I need things that you can throw wine on and well, or whatever grape juice in the kids sake. Um, and then we brought in our main pieces are from Janet Yanati's collection because they were the perfect, it just happened that they were perfect for this aesthetic. We have an art piece from Josh Young Design House, which I'm super excited about. We just got it. So we're going to hang that right in the middle. And then we've collected some accessories from Meacock, some beautiful pillows um, from Cachet, from Dragonette. Um, yeah, we're in really we're looking good. We have a gorgeous screen from Gracie, which is right across the street. So if you were here earlier, you saw me walking it across Melrose, which is a lot of fun. So it's looking good. It's all coming together, and we're almost finished. How how nerve wracking was it walking across Melrose for the first time? It was fine. I do this all day. Like we're moving furniture all day long, so it was really okay. The screen's like eight feet tall, though, so there was one person on one end, and I'm on the front end, and we're filming it because it's awesome. So it was great. Thank you, Laura Yu. This is Kenna Mazaros. My name is Kenna Mazaros, and my design firm's name is Studio Kenna. We're at Hollywood Sierra Kitchens. What does uh, LCDQ Legends mean to you, and what does it mean to the industry? Well, I think this is such an important week for designers to come together and for the shop owners along the corridor here to be able to show their newest stuff, even if it's old goods, new goods, but it's a wonderful way for us all to connect to one another and to, um, you know, kind of reignite each year what's, what's happening. <laughs> so who was the icon you selected? I chose El um, Arthur Elrod. Why do you think Arthur's work is so special? What makes it iconic? 
Well, unfortunately, in the past, he has not totally had the light shed on him because he's been kind of out uh, outnumbered by the architects of the Palm Springs era. He also had kind of a short-lived life. Um, he was only a designer for 20 plus years before a tragic death. So, um, you know, the big, and he was also obsessed with the architects. So one of the things that he's most noted for is um, actually an architectural project of his own house. Um, it's a Neutra home, but they call it the Elrod house, which is, you know, featured in certain films. I even, um, what was it? Uh, the James Bond film. And um, so it's this amazing structure, but again, it all the light was shed on the architect, not Elrod himself. So um, he is just an incredible designer for his time. He brought such innovation to the Palm Springs design community and really kind of started what, you know, you get all the cool European um, funky stuff that he brought in. So it was less of the Spanish traditional stuff. And he started working with interesting materials and just kind of was really innovative and, and also was um, kind of ahead of his time for becoming a, a published or, you know, he he sought out getting the word out there for himself. So he was almost like his own Instagram or his own Twitter of the time because there wasn't that. So he would pull ads and he had this really creative business sense to him that a lot of people and designers weren't doing at the time. But regardless, he just really was kind of pushing the envelope right next to all the architects, but he was kind of, you know, side by side and sadly just kind of didn't have the light shed on him as much as he should have. So um, now he's hopefully going <laughs> to be given the spotlight. <laughs> How did you channel his work in your window design? So I chose specifically a hallway that he did for the Linsks. Linsks, I want to say. I'm like, it's very hard to pronounce. But um, he was a businessman and she was a fashion person. And they bought one of the Kaufman, Neutra Kaufman houses. And um, they, he specifically did this really interesting hallway in the, begin, in the entrance of their home, which was made of wood and mirrored panels. And I guess the person that installed the mirror said, I would never do that again because they were these tiny thin pieces of um of mirror and it really just had this dynamic pull and drew your eye straight down the hall and was just something really unique um that hadn't been done so it was like lacquer and shiny and mirrored and so and it was really kind of futuristic and um again i think that that kind of represents how he was constantly pushing the envelope and isn't your traditional palm springs look although it is i mean palm springs has that shiny kind of glam to it nowadays but at the time this was really kind of new and interesting so i am channeling that entryway and then i'm going to add a pop of color and some kind of fun things just to make it a fun window <laughs> that is great um so what products did you spec um so i actually um used my husband's company <laughs> well he works at television city um and so he was able to produce my panels for me which create the dynamic look so thank you carson um and then i was able to get an amazing chair unfortunately not a design quarter person but denmark 50 
and as we know, is probably the person that holds the most of these treasures. So I was able to rent a chair from him or borrow a chair from him. Thank you to Wayne. Um, and then I have a few products, really cool lamp and pendant that come from Patrick Dragonette and um, a cool little kind of uh, retro side table. And then I actually am providing my own Calder-esque mobile that will hang in there. So it's, it's black and white and shiny and red. <laughs> this is so cool. I can't wait to see this. That is awesome. This is Philip Nimmo. My name is Philip Nimmo. My company name is Philip Nimmo and Company. We're at Mansour Rugs. So we're here for LCDQ's Legends event, 2019. What does what does Legends mean to you as a designer and and to the design community? Well, funnily enough, I've been involved with LCDQ since the beginning. Um, I was one one of one of the first years I did a window was right after the conception of LCDQ, and I had a blast. I had an absolute blast, and it's been it's been an opportunity to support my design community, see old friends, see what's going on, have the nice. Uh, have the nice camar- have the nice camaraderie of my peers, and also see what's what's uh, what's what's new in, in the uh, in the design world, especially with all of the um, lectures and events that we get to uh, not only learn from and participate in, but it's great to see old friends. Yeah, it sure is. So, and this year it's icons. So, who was the icon you selected? I selected Tony Duquette. And um, I've always had a fascination with the work that he's done in his interiors, in his set design, and with his jewelry. And funnily enough, it seems like the things I've collected over the years have a little bit of Tony Duquette inspiration behind them. So, some of the things I was able to use in my window come from my own collection. That's really cool. Yeah, it's great. So... How did you channel Duquette into your window? Well, um, the team came up with the idea of Tony is known, of course, as more, uh, more is, more is better, and um, uh, excuse me, more is more. What? What? What was it? Do it less. Well, more. Do it. Well, Say it louder. Kelly. Less. More is more with less. I knew there was. I knew there was a catchphrase there. More is more with less. And so what we what we did was we decided to take um, uh, non biodegradable items and repurpose them Hold as. On. Hold on. Okay, say that one more time. What we decided to do with the theme "More is more from less" is to take non biodegradable non biodegradable items and repurpose them in an art form. And what we chose to do was a big mirror from used water bottles, uh, paper, and um, styrofoam. So some things that were, were able to repurpose into a beautiful art piece. That is really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's great. I can't wait. Straws. To, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Talk to me about the team concept, because you had a teamwork on this. Absolutely. So. Um, I came up with uh, with uh, Tony, and then passed it on to the team. So we have Neil Ghosh and Steve Marusars and Kelby Jones, who all pitched in together, came up with the great ideas, 
and I gave them free reign to just execute and do it, and it looks amazing. So aside from the recycled materials, uh-huh. who else did you specify for this? So, uh, of course, we have um, a rug from Mansoor here that we used as a backdrop. Um, we have um, some pieces, some uh, wonderful Asian pieces um, from John Nelson, some beautiful Japanese cranes from John Nelson. I believe we have a couple items from, um, um, from my own personal collection. I have some early 19th century French antler chairs made from actual antlers that we have covered in a, um, in a yellow and white velvet, uh, which uh, just kind of is a beautiful punch against the uh, turquoise blue draperies that we had made for the, for the window. And that's recycling too. Absolutely. It's all re- the antler horns are recycled. From Philip Nimmo to Sheldon Hart. Sheldon Hart, Hart Browning Associates. We're at the Paul Ferranti showroom. On, uh, on, on Melrose Place. So we're here for LCDQ Legends 2019. What is, what is LCDQ and Legends in particular, what does that mean to you and for the design community? I think Legends is a great way for designers and the design community to show their talent, to show their interest, to interact with each other, and to create synergy amongst our industry. And holding for truck. And speaking of legends, who is the who's the icon you selected? We selected Jean-Michel Frank and also the Giacometti brothers because they did so much metalwork for him. And so what what made their work so special? What made it iconic? I think he had a simplicity and a gracefulness that was way ahead of his time. I was always a big fan of the Rockefeller apartment he did. I can remember in my younger days studying it and was just so intrigued by the patterns and the simplicity and how he would mix things and use things and incorporate art. And I just thought he was, he was amazing. So how did you choose to channel their work in your window? We decided that with Paul Ferrante, we would do, and they were generously nice to make everything for us. And we decided because we're in California and we spent so much time outside that we'd work on a collection of items for the exterior or outside living. So it's our take on Jean-Michel Frank for the exterior. And that, and that being said, I'm going I'm to dig a little bit more. Was there anything, when you were putting this together, when you're sketching this out, are, are you are you thinking about you know what they what they might think? And the reason I ask is because there's a couple of different schools of thought that I've heard so far. One is I wanted to make it true to who that designer was and make it like their work. Others have said I didn't feel a need to make it like their work. I wanted it to be I wanted it to be my work, but inspired by them. So I've I've heard both, and I think both are completely valid points. I'm curious which direction you went and sort of how you how you how you put it together. I would say we did both. We used his pieces, but we then reconstructed them that we could use them outdoor today. And we wanted to have our twist for the California lifestyle, but with an homage to him because I thought he was such a genius. Where, where else, where else could you see this? Would you, would you work a design like this into into any of your projects? Do you work designs like this into your projects? Oh, all the time. And. 
with the prevalence of outdoor living, not in just California, but across the United States, I mean, we're doing so many more outdoor rooms and so much more outdoor living. And it doesn't just have to be the patio set you go buy at the Home Depot. I mean, you can set up wonderful rooms and have great style and different things going on. And it's like bringing a room from the inside out. And it gives you this whole opportunity to have a whole additional space in which to entertain and live and experience. It's so true. And as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, one of the things that really does make Legends such a special event, you know, each, each design-focused event has their own twist, right? And one of the things that makes this so special is for, for the design community, for sure. So you, you've got the community that gets to come by and, and look and see and be inspired and, and sort of get ideas as to what you're doing. But it also makes it possible for consumers who, who get to just come by and see and, and be inspired and see what, what they might like. I agree. And we kind of have a window without barriers. Yeah. Because they had these two great spaces, we decided to use them. And so I call it our, our window without barrier that... You know, we get to actually have a physical space instead of just focusing on a tight window. So it gave us a lot more breathing room and breath to do some different things. And all of the products that were specified for the window? Uh, Paul Ferrante made all the furnishing pieces and Perennials did all the fabrics. Thank you, Sheldon. This is Scott Schrader. Uh, the name of my firm is Scott Schrader Landscape Design, or known as Schrader Design also. I chose Richard Shapiro's showroom because... Um, I think Richard's probably one of the most talented architects and designers out there working. Um, his own homes have been inspirations to me for the last 25 years. I remember when I was um, in my mid-twenties working, I walked into his showroom and asked him um, how he got the finish on his home because it was so spectacular. And he was nice enough to sit me down and actually go through the entire process of how he actually got the finish on his home, which was remarkable for him to sit down with a young designer in their 20s who was really influenced by his creativity that he'd spend the time doing that with me. So um, many years later, I'm back um, and having the opportunity to do a window for LCDQ, which is really exciting. This is kind of you know the perfect place for me to be doing it at, I think. What is what does legends mean to you? What does it mean to the community, the design community? Um, well, LCDQ is such an amazing um, three day event. Feels like more like a week because there's so many things happening, from the beginning party to the ending party, and getting to see people from all over the U.S. Um, is really exciting. Um, I, I believe that it's probably one of the best design events in the United States. I think it brings together some of the most creative, uh, interesting people. Um, but the energy here, I think, is really what makes it. I think being in Los Angeles within this amazing creative community of people, um, there's not a lot of attitude. There's a lot of comfort. There's a lot of, you know, of joining in and people are really excited to see each other, um, which I think is what makes the event versus being a big design competition. It's more of a big hug in a way. So that makes sense. Uh, who's, the, who's the icon you selected? I chose David Hicks um, for several reasons. One, he is... Um, legendary in his sense of simplicity 
I think he's known for his ability to organize space incredibly well. Um, towards the end of his life, he was um, preparing a book called My Kind of Garden. And unfortunately, he didn't get to see uh, the final publishing of it, but it really showcases some of the most exquisitely done, well-organized um, gardens. And in my library, it is the most used book that I've got. And I just love how he um, organizes exterior spaces. He also, um, his own family house, he created a series of 10 enclosed gardens that each room in the interior has a connection to the exterior, which is a way that I've always thought. So of any interior designer um, that I've ever known or worked with, I think that his sense of sensibility of doing a seamless transition from inside to out made a lot of sense for me. So my window is going to hopefully um, be executed in such a way that it's timeless, it's simple, but it also has a, a very um, landscape-oriented feel to it because he always had such that sense about him. So that's what I was hoping for. And, and aside <clears throat> from that, um, what, what makes the work, can you narrow down to what makes the work so iconic? David's work, so iconic. I would say it's timelessness. I would say that um, it's as chic today as it was 40 and 50 years ago when it was being done. Um, I love looking at something that looks as fresh today as it was when it was installed 40 and 50 years ago. And for the work that I try to do, I really try to leave behind a garden that is going to be used by family and friends you know for generations hopefully it's not just done for today's day it's done for many days in the future so how are you channeling his work in the window um i was looking at a lot of landscapes and i wanted to get something that was somewhat european in feel but also looks similar to the California landscape. So I found an incredible uh, Pierre Frey wall covering that actually um, has pine trees and what looks like eucalyptus, but the understory is sandy, gravelly, and some agave. So there's a transition from going from a California landscape to maybe a south of France landscape. So you kind of can't tell what it really is. So I'm going to be wallpapering the entire back and two full panels of that Pierre Frey uh, wallpaper. And I have found um, two bronze dogs that will be placed in the windows facing each other because when you go through his book, his entire family, including himself, was always photographed with dogs. So for me, there was this great connection of finding something uh, as an antiquity, the, the dogs are, are 17th century bronze, and they'll be sitting on 17th century stone plinths. So I was trying to bring in some of that history, um, architecture, antiquity, and it's all gonna be backdropped off of the uh, Pierre Frey wallpaper. And so along those lines, I'm mm -hmm. repeating that again, so who do, what products did you spec for this? Uh, Pierre Frey wall covering, and uh, La Maison Francaise are providing the dogs for me. And it's as simple as that. Here's Penny Drew Baird. Penny Drew Baird. My company is Desen LLC. 
We are at the Dragonette Showroom on La Cienega. So what does is, what is LCDQ, what does Legends mean to you, and, and what does it mean to the design community? I think it's very important for everyone to celebrate all of the designers who have influenced us through all of the ages, and very often they are forgotten. So I think that Legends gives us a chance to honor these people. Who's the icon you selected? I selected Mario Boada. He was a personal friend of mine, and he actually wrote the intro to my third book, Dreamhouse. Why is his work so special? What, what makes it iconic? Well, Mario is truly an icon. He had a look that was completely individual, although influenced by others, completely his own, and it was unmistakable. And he made a huge impact on the world of design and many of the designers of his day in creating a look that pervaded the entire United States and elsewhere. So that, that being said, how, do you, how did you channel his, his work in your window? Well, I wanted to honor his work, but I also wanted it to be some type of collaboration between him and myself. He was a big influence to me, not just in design at a young age, but as a designer, how he conducted himself and how he ran his practice. He was also a very funny guy, and he put a lot of whimsy into his work. So I tried to make a window representation that would be a tribute to him, keeping in my design sensibilities. Are there, are there any Easter eggs? Are there any like inside jokes? Anything you put in here that, that you feel he might have recognized, but maybe nobody else would? Well, had I had the opportunity, I would have... Had I had the opportunity, I would have put in a bug because Mario loved to um, startle young women and other young people by having a bug in his pocket that he would take out in the middle of conversations. So that could have been a little funny gesture had I found one at Dragonette to put in. That is the greatest gag ever. Or not. Well, he was really very funny, amicable guy. What products did you specify? Well, here, I, w one tribute item was the Lee Jofa fabric, which is this cabbage flower print, which was one of his favorites, if not his favorite, and he used in so many projects. And I used it to tie in a whole lot of colors, which were the Mario type of look. At the same time, keeping a cleaner, more today aesthetic with this sleek styled, cream velvet sofa, which is a dragonette piece that we covered in this velvet. His, um, many of his projects were dotted with architectural features such as these doors, which I had made specifically for this base. And when you Google Mario, the first picture you will see is a room with doors just like this. So one of my craftsmen in New York made them and sent them out here for us to create his type of vignette, architectural vignette. This is Nicole Fuller. Hi, my name is Nicole Fuller, and my firm is Nicole Fuller Interiors, and we have offices in New York and in Los Angeles. We're at uh, Gallery Carol Decombe, and this is the gallery that I'm doing my beautiful window in, and she is just the most wonderful woman on the planet, and it's a love fest from the beginning, so all is well. <laughs> so tell me about LCDQ, what it means to you as a designer and the design community. 
This is my first year uh, doing Legends, but the design community is the utmost backbone of our entire industry. And I think that what Patrick and the board and everyone has done at LCDQ has been incredible. It's been a build over the years, and I think each year it's just getting better and better, and more and more people are coming, and it's very exciting times. And to be here now and honoring, you know, such iconic designers that have been an inspiration for myself and my colleagues, and and just you know, most people that you know have a love or interest in art or creativity is quite um, is quite wonderful, and it's very humbling and and um, I feel grateful. Who was the icon you selected? I selected Henri Samuel. What is it that makes the work so special, that makes it iconic? You know, for me, uh, uh, Henri is, is such, an, such a legend and such an icon, and he is just an inspiration to myself, my team, my I'm sure my colleagues, and you know, what, what attracted me to him the most is he was so um, dynamic. He mixed many periods, but he really loved bringing in contemporary periods. And he was quite a quite a big, you know, um, collector of the arts. And what's interesting about Henri is that he, some of his clients include, you know, Valentino and the Rothschilds. And he was brought in as a consultant to to um, when the renovation of Versailles was going on. And he, I almost feel like. He's he's like a John Lautner of interiors. You know, it wasn't until after he passed that he's now starting to get some of the public recognition that he so well deserves. You know, some of his clients were so private that he wasn't you know really able to publish or talk about it. And just now is is you know seeing sort of like unfolding, and we're really starting to learn who this brilliant creative man was. And for me, I feel so honored to you know. Uh, be a part of his legacy. So, how did you channel Henri into? <laughs> how did you channel him into your design? Lots of red wine and French. And <laughs> I, uh, he, he's, you know, as I said, he's he's been quite an inspiration for myself. Uh, we, my own particular style is, you know, definitely layering in periods, and I love bringing contemporary pieces into a more classic you know, landscape, and it always really depends on the architecture and, and what the interiors of the space are, you know, I mean, there are times where it's only modern and, you know, only classical, but, you know, if, if you had to ask me what my signature style is, I would say I, I feel very aligned with Henri because he is so layered and he's so vibrant in his color, but really rooted in, in elegance and sophistication and just dynamic on so many different levels. And it's the, 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 the quality of him being dynamic doesn't, it's not screaming at you, but it's in the subtleties and the detail. And I feel very, uh, very connected and very aligned with, with, you know, his creative force that has inspired me. Who did you specify? We specified, we worked with uh, Maison Girard for our light fixture. We have a, a secret painting being hung, and I can't talk about it until it's up. <laughs> well, this isn't going to air until after. Oh, this airs after? Okay. Yeah, this is for after. So, I'm going to tell you we have a Picasso, but I'm going to wink at you and tell you we have a Picasso, which is quite exciting. 
<laughs> we worked with um, MJ Atelier, which is you know one of our one of our workrooms here, and they do just about anything under the sun. You know, whatever I can dream of, they they can really honestly make happen. And uh, last but not least, our uh, incredible uh, Rob Holzer and his team is is you know my my go-to GC in. Uh, in, in on the West Coast and his team and he's been phenomenal. We've done Jean Royer chairs. We've worked with Lauren Wang for the fabric. We've worked with Rug Company for the rugs. We've you know um, worked with Fine Paints of Europe for the for the lacquered paints and uh, and um, Paul Evans. Uh, as well, and, and and my dear friend Achilles Salvani has you know lent us some beautiful accessories and a few little pops here and there from Patrick of Dragonette and Richard Shapiro, uh, and of course flowers by Eric, Eric Butterbaugh, who is you know brilliant, brilliance, 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 and um, yeah, that's that's just a few. <laughs> this is Kathy Austin. Kathy Austin, Catherine M. Austin, Interior Design, Charlotte, North Carolina. And where where are we today? What showroom? And at, where? At the Janet Yanati showroom on Melrose, across from the Pacific Design Center and LCDQ. Right. And we're here for legends. That's right. So, and I, I love asking designers who are n from out of town, mm -hmm. what, is, what, is, what does legends mean to you? And what, what does it mean to the community? Legends is my favorite design event. Um, in the country. I started coming out here about five years ago at the suggestion of one of my friends and every year I feel like I get to know a lot of designers not just from around the country but um, specifically from Los Angeles so I feel like I have an extended West Coast family here now and it's really opened my eyes to a lot of sources that um, are specific to LA that I can use in my projects back home. So the the concept the theme this year is icons yes. so who's the icon you selected um, Alberto Pinto and tell me something what is it what is it about Pinto that makes his work so special that makes it iconic I found that he is one of the most versatile um, designers that has ever lived he can do things that are very classic. He can do things that are very modern. Um, he trained under Louis Berrigan and also David Hicks. He's from Casablanca. And he also um, did this very specific orientalist. He has a very, he had an orientalist phase that really spoke to me. Um, I went to Morocco for the first time a few years ago and fell in love with some of the interiors he did there. And then I happened to see an interior he did in Palm Beach last year with the Institute of Classical Art and Architecture and just fell in love with everything that he did. So this space is really, and I call it my Orientalist Oasis as an homage to him. And he was a master at converging cultural aesthetics. So for example, um, this is an Iznik wallpaper um, that was done in Turkey. And we've kind of blended that with a Moroccan rug and inlaid um, bone pieces from Syria. And a few little tidbits. I was just recently in Morocco again, and the, the porcelain here is from Fez, but it was actually found in a Berber village and carried back down on the back of a donkey um, as the rug and also my caftan. It's really interesting. I, I, I love doing this and I love talking to designers because I love your perspective and I love how nobody does this the same way. Mm -hmm. So 
I've, I've kind of realized that there have been, this year with Legends, there have been two schools of thought with regard to the designers and the icons that you've selected. One school of thought was, I'm going to design the window the way that I feel the designer would have designed the window. Right. The second school of thought is, I'm going to design the window the way that I want to design the window, mm-hmm. inspired by this iconic designer. So which direction did you go and and why did you choose that direction over the other? Or maybe it's a hybrid. Um, I really think it's a hybrid. I mean, there are lots of historical references in this space to his work. Um, kind of the palette was really inspired by these wonderful Schuyler Samperton textiles um, that are all, you know, hand block prints that are sold through Hollywood at home here in the quarter. And I'm a complete colorist at heart. I love color, as you can tell. And this palette really appealed to me with the the pinks and the, I call it dirty pink and the amethyst um, and like the touches of gold. And so I felt like this was somewhat of um, very much of today, but with the references to the past. So a lot of the um, shapes and everything that you see in here have historical references, but they've just been updated with maybe a more modern color palette. So aside from the, the the colors and the materials, which are phenomenal, thank you. Were there were there any other ways that you, how else did you channel y- your icon into your design? In what way do you mean? I'm curious. Was there sometimes there are little Easter eggs? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are. You know what? Nobody's going to get this. It's, a, it's right. kind of an inside thing, but it's right. for me. Right. And because of that, I'm putting it in here because right. I love. It. Were there Were there any of those? Was Was there any? Did you tap into? How else did you? If you tried to sort of tap into the spirit of of your icon, um, even if nobody notices, was there anything? Um, there were actually a couple of different things. I mean, one is this is my favorite color. <laughs> I mean, my entry hall is painted this color in, um, at my home in Charlotte. And I found when I was reworking my home that this color pink was a wonderful backdrop for everything. Um, so just the nod to that. And it also, it's kind of like the color of the buildings in Marrakesh during certain times of the day, which I love. Um, I think they might have thought I was a little crazy when I asked for this color palette in the um, Isnik pattern. But I really think they did it beautifully. Um, and then... I also found this wonderful source here in Los Angeles who actually found me on Instagram when I had posted a picture of Alberto Pinto and he loaned me all these beautiful inlaid pieces and this mirror in particular um, I had told him about another house I'd seen in Palm Beach that I loved and it turned out he had um, used he was actually the source for a lot of the pieces that were in that house. It just was kind of one of these divine moments where everything really came together. Okay, so now, and you don't need, you don't need to point and turn, but it, it, we, and we've already covered a lot of this, but I just want you to sort of mentally go around the room and tell me who you specified and what products you use sort of all at once, because I, I just covered so much ground, both, both figuratively and literally. Yes. I mean, you've been across the globe. Who did, you, <laughs> who did you use? How did you specify? What did you specify? Okay, so the fabrics are from Skylar Samperton at Hollywood at Home. So the drapery panels and the fabrics on the sofa, um, on the settee, and then the velvet that's on the settee and the mohair that's on the ottomans um, was gracious, graciously given by Kravitz. The... Wallpaper is um, by Ixel, which is based in London and Turkey. Uh, the floor lamps are from Circa Lighting. The Moroccan rug and 
some of the accessories and the porcelain are all Moroccan from my own personal collection that I brought back from a recent trip. And then the Syrian bone inlaid pieces are from Al-Kayat Fine Furniture. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Wrapping it up is Kelly Shandell. My name is Kelly Shandell. My firm is Think Pure, and we did a window at Mark Phillips Rugs. So it's uh, we're here for Legends, uh, LCDQ. As a designer, you in particular, the design industry in general, what, is it, what does an event like this mean? What's, where's the importance? What, how do you use it? What, what's, what's the event about? Well, that's a good question, and I'm probably not the best person to answer that because this is our first time really getting involved with LCDQ and Legends. And because I'm based in Santa Monica on the west side, I don't frequent this area as much as designers do that are based over here. Um, but I think it's a really big deal for the industry because it brings designers from all over the U.S. and I think even some international designers to Los Angeles um, and gives exposure to all the showrooms on the La Cienega quarter so I think that's probably the most important part about it but it's a it's a great um, community opportunity to get together with other designers builders architects and yeah just have some fun so the idea this year the theme was icons yes so who did you select and why um, I selected Elsie DeWolf um, and in particular because she uh, was really one of the pioneering women interior designers and she um, what I really what resonated um, with me about her philosophy was she really tried to go away from the dark heavy Victorian interiors of her time and she painted walls white um, she used pastels she did mirrors she just kind of really was um, revolutionary in her aesthetic and it really caught on um, she became quite famous she ended up doing interiors for Condé Nast and uh, Cole Porter I, I thought she's a fascinating character um, so that's why I chose her <laughs> and so what was it about what was it about the work that made her work iconic that made it so special well I think in part what I alluded to already that she was revolutionary in the sense of she really went away from the dark heavy furniture darker walls and she even did a lot of like trellises and used wicker furniture and she brought this whole lightness to interior design that I don't think anyone had seen before and I think that is what made her work iconic definitely at least part of it <laughs> so how did you channel her in your window and let me preface it with this so in talking to designers all week here at LCDQ, yeah. I've gotten I've gotten this this range, right? From one end, you've got, well, I designed it the way that I think she would have designed it. On the other end of the spectrum, you got I designed it the way that I wanted to and just used her as sort of the jumping or them, the designer as the jumping off point, the inspiration. And then in the middle it's like, I did it the way I wanted to, but I, I I was inspired by the way they did this project or that project. How? What was your What was your approach to this? Yeah, I definitely leaned more toward um, taking her philosophy and incorporating our our my firm's aesthetic into that. Um, in particular we took one of her quotes which was I believe in plenty of optimism um, 
I think plenty of optimism, white paint, um, a comfortable chair and light beside it. And so we sort of literally did that for our window, but um, in a modern way, in a way that we would probably design one of our own projects, um, which was kind of fun. But if you would look at it, you wouldn't say, oh, that was Elsie DeWolf by any means. But we were still inspired very much by her thinking and her beliefs in design. So who did you specify for your window? Well, we definitely used a rug from Mark Phillips, uh, and that sits on the on the platform. And then we used um, Una Milan had a, a lovely lamp from Joseph Pagano, which we used. And then we have a beautiful chair and table from Gray LA. That's great. Was were you challenged at all by the fact that windows are small? They're not rooms. <laughs> It is a challenge, and that's why we have a very edited window design. It's not um, heavily ornate. It's very simple and somewhat minimal, which is part of our own firm's aesthetic. Um, but yeah, I just wanted something that made a lot of impact with, you know, in a blink of an eye. That's what we strove for. <laughs> and did you have fun doing it? A lot of fun, yeah. A little stressful at times, but a lot of fun, <laughs> for sure. It's fun to do something out of the box. <laughs> That is a wrap on this episode of Convo by Design featuring the amazing creatives who decorated and designed the windows of La Cienega Design Quarter in 2019. I hope hearing from these creators brings you a little bit of joy and I look forward to Legends of La Cienega returning in 2021. Thank you LCDQ for having me. Thank you Walker Zanger for your continued support of the show and thank you for listening to the show, downloading each episode and engaging through the socials. Make sure you never miss an episode of the podcast. Ask Siri to help out. Say, hey, Siri, play Convo by Design podcast. And she will. Thanks for listening. And until next week, keep creating. Mm -hmm.